It's a good morning to be in the house. Um, I was I was a bit uh, I was a bit confused because I thought I I saw Easter bunnies in the foyer today, but maybe I'm just a little illusioned here, uh, disillusioned. Hey guys, uh, yes, no bunnies this morning. Okay, that must have something to do with children's ministry uh, this morning. Uh, guys, be in prayer for Pastor Kim and the team as they begin to open uh, children's ministry. I'm excited. I saw a lot of joy down that hallway this morning, and uh, and uh, man, I just I'm so excited for what the Lord's going to do doing that. Well, um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're here uh, today. Today we are closing down our closing out our uh, our series called Refiner, and uh, and you know I was I was thinking this week. Um, Kevin, you've lost your mind because I, uh, I, you know, Pastor Ronnie has given me the privilege of lining out the series and where we're going each Sunday and things like that. And I knew that when we were doing the series Refiner, I knew that I wanted Vonda Coble to come and speak. I just knew that she had a word. And didn't she do a great job last week? Um, I know that she's watching this morning. So uh, thank you, Vonda, for your words last week and what God spoke through you. And, uh, and I knew that when Vonda spoke, I knew she was going to step on my toes. I, I just knew that that was going to happen, and she did. She stepped right all over them, crushed a few, and, and that type of thing. Um, but then I, I didn't realize that I had built the schedule in such a way that I'd be talking this week, and our topic this week is offense, defense, and forgiveness. And, uh, and, and well, the way the Lord does me whenever I bring a message, if he gives me a word, most of the time I have to walk through the sucker before I say anything about it. And so I'm sandwiched in between tests and trials and offenses. And believe me, this was a great week, let me tell you, okay? This was... This was, a, this, was a, this was one of those weeks, and, uh, and in fact, I wanted to start by telling you a little bit about my week. Uh, it actually, um, it started uh, two minutes after Vonda's message, um, you know, uh, here in this room, but I'm not going to tell you that story. Uh, we're going to fast forward to, to Tuesday. I was, I was here at the church. I was in my office, and we had a leadership meeting that we were going to be doing that, that evening. And let me just say, I'm super, super excited about Justin and Jessica and Aubrey and April and Jeremy and Eden and what they're going to bring to, to, to the table uh, in this house. So be praying for them. I'm excited about the leadership that the Lord is birthing in, in this place. Uh, but that evening we had a leadership meeting and I was getting things ready and I just was in a funk. Have you ever just been in a funk? I mean, there's not really, I can't put my finger on why, but I was just in a funk that morning. And, uh, and so I decided, you know what, I'm not going to plan anymore. I'm just going to come in here and, uh, and worship. So I came in here, I set up a speaker, and I just paced the room and worshiped and prayed. And have you ever set music, prayed and worshiped, and you still came out in a funk? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just being real. You know, I, I, I did. I, I, I travailed in prayer. I worshiped. I just was just in a funk. And I said, you know what? I know what will solve this. Starbucks. And so, uh, so, I, so I walked out the door uh, after doing some worship and stuff, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get a cup of coffee. And so I drive, and I get in my car, and I get down over there by uh, Kroger, and I turn, instead of coming out and going this way on Sam Riley, I turn over there by Kroger. You know where they're doing that, that road work, right? Okay? All right? So, um, so I go there, and of course, the road work is happening, and um, so dumb. And... Uh, 
And so, it, so I'm just, I'm there and I'm frustrated because I can't get through the traffic of the roadworks. So I turn my car around uh, where I wasn't supposed to. And I, and I go in and I go down by Dunkin' Donuts in that back road by Dunkin' Donuts. I think, okay, I'll just get some Dunkin' Donuts. Well, no, that's not as good as Starbucks. So I'll just go on around to Starbucks. So I go on around and I make my way to Starbucks. I'm only supposed to be gone for like five minutes because I've got a lot to get prepared for the evening. And I pull into the Starbucks drive there and Starbucks is backed out like almost on like almost on that main drag, that main, that main road. I'm like, man, this line is forever. So I'm sitting in the drive-thru line and I order my coffee on my app and I decide I'm just gonna go inside because when I go inside, it's usually a real quick transaction. So I pull into Starbucks and when I was sharing this story with Vonda this week, she said I needed to use visual aids because it really, you know, it really helps with the story. So I, um, I pull into to Starbucks and there's a work van. That is, that's a work van that was already parked there. And I pull into Starbucks and I pull into the parking spot like this. Now, if you notice, um, I am in my parking spot, okay? I am just snug against that line uh, of the parking spot. And the van uh, that's right next to me, the work van, um, is also snug to that line. And and you can see that whenever I open my car door, it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to get out. But I actually opened the car door and got out just fine. I was able to squeeze out. So I didn't even think. It didn't even really dawn on me that this was, this was really an issue. And I, I would just like to note before I continue this story that there is plenty of room on this side for this van, okay, to, to, to be in, in, in their parking spot, okay? I just want to make sure that that's well known. So I go inside and, uh, and I go to get my order. And what's happening inside and the reason the drive-thru is backed out and the reason it took me 15 minutes to get a cup of coffee was because the people that were there in that work van, they were working on the register for the drive-thru. So the drive-thru was backed up because the register was down and the people were in there working on the, the drive-thru register, okay? So I'm sitting there and they're, they're in there trying and people's coffee's being made and people are upset and all this stuff. And, and I'm in there and finally they call my name and I'm like, yes, thank you. So I grab my coffee and I start to walk outside. Now, right prior to me getting my coffee, the workers that were working on the drive-thru had walked outside to go to their van. Now, what they needed to do in the van is they needed to get in their van to be able to get the tools that they needed to continue the work that they did. Well, the door to their van was on their passenger side in the back part. And you can see how close our, 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 our parking job was there. So as I'm getting my coffee, I notice that I walk out the door and I notice that they have gotten in the van and they do this. They pull out, he backs in, and this is how he parks. Okay? I notice him as he is in the vehicle, backing into the spot, and he sees me and he puts his head out the window and he says, is this your van? And I go, yes, sir. He said, oh, looks like I parked too close to you. He gets his head in the window, rolls up his window and climbs over to the passenger seat. Yes, gets out and then gets in his van. Now I want you to notice that he is now parked in my lane, in my, in my parking spot. I can't get into my van. So all the people are outside drinking coffee watching this exchange. I am embarrassed, right? So I have to go over and I get into my passenger side. I climb over into the driver's seat. I take a drink of my coffee. It's the wrong coffee. <laughs> I wanted to throw this coffee in that guy's face. And then the Lord said two words to me. What were they? 
Pop quiz. Pop quiz, yes. Okay. Have you ever been offended? <laughs> have you ever been offended? Have you ever been one to offend somebody else? Oh, sure you have. Sure you have. Sure, you've been offended. You've also been the bringer of the offense. All of us have walked through this. And I don't know that today we're going to talk so much about whether or not we, we get offended or offense comes our way. Because let me tell you, if you're breathing, you're going to be offended at some point. It's what we do with the offense that matters, okay? So let's stand today. We're going to get into our scripture. Colossians chapter 3 says this, so chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And Father, may we never be without that garment. When we encounter people, may they see the love of Christ in our actions, even, even when they bring offense. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been offended. Man, offense comes in all sorts of different ways, doesn't it? Offense, man, it comes for, it just comes in all sorts of different shapes and forms. And, and sometimes uh, we, begin to, we begin to perceive an offense uh, based on our attitude and our mood in the day, right? I mean, a lot of it's predicated on how we feel, what we've already carried, what's already been going on in our day and our life. I tell you, I wasn't having a good day whenever that van pulled in there purposely to block me out of my car. I wasn't in a good place at that moment. I'm thankful that I was here at Springhouse last week to hear a God-anointed word from Vonda Coble that reminded me, pop quiz, right? Anybody fail a pop quiz this week? All week long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I felt a lot of those pop quizzes, but aren't you glad that God's grace is sufficient that you get to try it again? And he lets you try it again, and he lets you try it again, okay? Have you ever been offended or offended by, by someone? My morning breath offends Ruby, and she tells me every morning. <laughs> you can be offensive without even trying to be. You can be offensive when you're just walking around. You could say it's a beautiful day outside and somebody just takes that as an offense, right? Okay, offenses fly all over, all over the place. The reason that this is a part of the Refiner series is because while we can live a life in, uh, that says, look, I'm gonna lay my, I'm gonna make myself less so that he is more. Or I'm gonna look at my life from a perspective of worship being, being a sacrifice. Or, or I'm gonna, I'm going to, let my, my, my scars show and, and, and I'm going to receive beauty for ashes in that situation. Or maybe you've embraced tests and trials and you've been able to, to, to go through those and, and pass those pop quizzes. All of those other things involve you and God. This involves you, God, and other people. How many know that, it, for me anyway, I can sometimes get with me and God, but man, when you involve other people, boy, things start to get rough. Because I know when I've messed up. And I know when I'm there and God's shining down and saying, this is a mess, this is your garbage, right? 
But when other people's garbage starts coming around my life and I, I tend to pick up their garbage or they start dumping their garbage on me, right? Uh, that's when I start to get really ticked off, okay? That's when that things really start to, to rumble. This refining process, this refining process, God did not just forgive you so that we can go around and not forgive others, right? This refining process has everything to do with our relationship to God opening up a capacity for him to pour into our lives and to fill us up. But it has to do also with how we treat one another. And so Bob, uh, or John Bevere says this, an offended heart is the breeding ground of deception. An offended heart is the breeding ground of deception. You ever been deceived? Hmm? There are multiple types of offense. An offense that you break the law, break the law, okay? I was speeding down the road, right? And I got pulled over by the police and I got a ticket, right? I offended the law. I, bro- I had an offense, right? And so I was written a citation and I paid for that, okay? So that would be an example of breaking the law. Another example of offense would be an intentional attack, okay? An intentional attack. Let's look at it from the vantage point of sports, Okay, we're going to bring out our offense to intentionally attack the defense so that we can advance the ball and score. Okay, so there's an offense there. Um, Intentional attack using words as weaponry, weaponry. You know, the Bible tells us in chapter six of Ephesians that we are given an armor to wear. God says, put on the whole, we're supposed to put on the whole armor, right? The whole armor of God. We've been given one offensive weapon in that list. What is it? God's word. It's the, it's the sword of truth. It's God's word. This is why we so encourage you that you get in your word and you understand what it says. Because if you don't understand what it says, you're liable to chop somebody's ear off. You're liable to hurt someone. You gotta know how to use the sword, right? You gotta know how to use the, the, the weapon, right? And I believe that God's word is offensive in a culture that doesn't believe, Right? It is offensive. Jesus came, he offended a lot of people on what, on what he said, right? And so, so weaponry. And then the other one, and this is the one that we're going to actually focus on because this is the, this is the secret one. This is the one that creeps in and, and doesn't, doesn't reveal its ugly face to us. And that's this, it's perceived offense. These are those offenses that come, that kind of sneak attack, that you you. Your perception is somewhere, but it's completely off and you don't know it, right? And you're, and you're carrying offense. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, uh, focus on a perceived offense. And, and, and that is this, an annoyance or resentment brought about by the perceived insult or disregard for oneself, one's standards, or one's principles. Okay, so three things that aid a perceived offense. Number one, lack of information. Lack of information. Lack of information, okay? So Jill and Susie work at the same job together, okay? Jill and Susie work at the same job together. Jill says, Susie, we're having a dinner party tonight. We'd like you to come. Susie's excited. Susie shows up to the dinner party in a t-shirt, shorts, and flip-flops to find out when she arrives it's a formal event, okay? Susie perceives that Jill intentionally left out that information because she wanted the office personnel to make fun of her. Okay, lack of information. Got it? 
Number two, misjudged motives or intentions. Susie is at Publix shopping. She pushes her cart down the pasta aisle and she sees Pastor Kevin down the way. She waves at Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kevin doesn't wave back in return. Susie's perception is Pastor Kevin doesn't like me and doesn't find any value in my contribution at the church. The reality is, is that Pastor Kevin was looking at the vast array of choices for macaroni and cheese <laughs> and didn't even see Susie, okay? Misjudged motives or intentions. And then there's spoken truth, spoken truth, right? Spoken truth, Susie goes and meets with Pastor Barbie and Pastor Barbie says, the reason your marriage is on the rocks is because you have a drinking problem. Susie's perception is, I'm offended because you are blaming me for the problems in my marriage, right? Okay, now this one is a hard one. Spoken truth is a real hard one to deal with. And it's one of the reasons that it's hard sometimes to be a pastor because a good pastor is going to tell you the truth. A good pastor is going to look at you in your life and see what's going on and speak, is going to speak right to the heart of the matter. It's going to speak truth. And what you do with that is up to you, right? So these are, these are potential perceived offenses that we could, offenses that we could, we could do. Now, now, spoken truth is one that we don't really, we really run away from because we don't have enough people who love us in our life to actually speak truth. We don't have enough people in our life that actually love us to actually say things. In fact, so much store, there are people who get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to talk to people and say real truth. <laughs> right? Everyone in your friend circle has told you you can sing. Everyone in your friend circle has just supported you, has applauded you, has said, you are great, you are just wonderful. And so you go stand in line and on national, it takes you getting on national television for somebody to look at you and say, you have no business singing right now, right? Right? And we enjoy it. We laugh at it, right? Because somehow this person has thought, you can carry a note. You can sing. And Simon has this facial expression when it happens. And so do we, right? Here's the deal. Carrying offense is a choice. Carrying offense is a choice. You do not have to be offended. It is a choice on whether or not you decide to be offended. So let's have an illustration this morning. Will and Cole, would you please come out here quickly? So... Will and Cole, everybody knows Will Severe, but I give Will a hand, isn't he great? Thank you for leading us this morning, brother. And aren't you glad Cole's here this morning? I'm glad Cole's here too, okay? So let me paint a little picture for you, okay? Will's leading worship one Sunday morning, and as he's leading, he noticed Cole Burkett comes in. And he's like, oh, Cole's here, that's awesome. I gotta make sure I catch up with that guy after service. And so after service, Will goes up to Cole and he says, hey, Cole, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you. Man, I've been wanting to connect with you. What, you got, got plans for lunch on Wednesday? And Cole says, no, no, I don't. I could do lunch on Wednesday. Great. Let's go to lunch on Wednesday. 
And so they both leave. They're excited. They're going to have a little connect time, do the little thing. They've got some things in common, right? And so Wednesday rolls around. Uh, texts fly back and forth. Where do you want to meet? And they decide to go to Chili's, right? Okay, so they decide they're going to go to Chili's, and they go to Chili's, and they get there, and they sit down. And boy, things are going great. They're just catching up. They're having a great time. And uh, in the conversation, Cole says, uh, Will says, what you been doing with your life? I mean, what's been going on? And, and Cole says, you know, I'm trying to get my music career going. I'm trying to get, you know, things on the road with that. And, and, and on um, Friday nights at seven o'clock in Nashville, uh, I, I do a show. Uh, I, I play a set every Friday night at, at 7 p.m. And, and Will says, man, that's great. Hey, you know what? I just, it just dawned on me, you know, you, you, you play and you sing, you know, have you ever thought about joining the worship team here at church? Come on, man. I mean, it'd be, it'd be really great for you to come and, and be a part of that. And Cole said, no, I haven't really thought about that, but I think I could, I think I'd probably swing that. And Will's like, yeah, that would be, that would be great. Hey, come tonight. Wednesday night, we have rehearsal for, for, uh, for, for the worship, uh, for worship team. Come, come and be a part of that. And Will says, okay, or Cole says, okay, I, I can do that. I don't got anything going on tonight. I'll come check it out. So, the waiter comes by and uh, says, here's the bill. Will it be together or separate? Will says, I'll pay for it. I got it. It's together. And uh, Cole says, man, thanks. So Cole's leaving the lunch feeling really great. You know, man, he's been encouraged. Will's feeling good. Uh, he's going to see Cole that evening for, for worship. So worship night, rehearsal happens Wednesday night. Cole walks in and right before the rehearsal starts, he goes to Will and he says, Will, listen, I was thinking about it and I've got this song that I want you to hear that I think would really go great for Sunday service. It's called, I Am the Greatest. And, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd really like to play this song for, for, the, for the set on Sunday. And Will's like, oh, okay. Hey man, I tell you what, I tell you what, after rehearsal, after rehearsal, why don't you let me hear what you got and, I, I, and, and, and we'll see. And they say, okay, go through the rehearsal, have a great time for the, rehe and the rehearsal, all these things. And then after rehearsal, they meet up and, and Cole sings this song, I Am the Greatest. And Will says, man, man, that's a, man, that's a fabulous song. You got some real chops there, man. Let, I tell you what, let me pray about this and I'll let you know whether, whether or not it will fit in. Okay, that sound good? And, and Cole's like, yeah, man, that, that, that's great. So Wednesday passed. Friday comes, right? And Cole's in downtown Nashville and he's about to begin his show, okay? And so he looks out on the crowd and he's looking and he's looking for Will and he doesn't see him. He's like, man, where, where's Will? Where's Will? And so he, and so he backs up and he, he goes and he looks again. Will's not there. And, and so Will, uh, Cole gets up. He's got to start the show. So he starts and he plays his songs. He does the whole set. It's a pretty good show. And he gets to the end. Will's not there. And Cole's like, man, what's up with that? Gosh, I thought Will and I had a great time. And he didn't come to my show. What's, what's going on? And so Cole decides to take up an offense. Let's bring out that first offense. He, okay? <laughs> he decides to take up an offense, okay? And so Cole's offended that Will did not show up to his show. Now, Will is having a great time in life. I mean, he is happy. He's fine. There's nothing wrong. You know, he's, he's doing great. And so the perception here is, Will didn't show up to my show like he said he would. I'm not important to Will. The reality is, Will never said he was going to go to the show. Will had a prior commitment. Are you with me? Isn't it interesting when we tie false expectations to people? And so... Cole is carrying this offense and it's Friday and Sunday rolls around the corner and Cole shows up to church, fully expecting an apology from Will. 
So he walks in and he's carrying this offense and Will's going about, Will's just having a great time leading worship. I mean, Will hasn't had a better Sunday in weeks. I mean, he's just like, he is leading it. And he sees Cole and Cole's standing out. Typically Cole would run up to Will and say, hey, but Cole just stands back because he's gonna make Will walk the aisle down to him, right? Because he's waiting for this apology. And so Will does it. He walks down that aisle and says, Cole, man, great to see you this morning. Have a great day. Oh, and by the way, Cole thinks he'd get an apology. He says, let's go to lunch on Wednesday this week too so I can tell you about that song this last week. Cool? Cole says, oh, okay, I see what's going on. Will's gonna apologize at lunch. That's what's gonna happen here. Okay, great. Okay, so we're good. So he carries this offense a few more days. You know, the longer you carry offense, the worse it gets. So Cole gets to lunch. He's in a funk for sure because he's been carrying this offense. Will's there. They go to Chili's again. Boy, they're sitting down. They're having a conversation. And and it seems to be a bit one-sided this time because Will's engaging the conversation, but Cole's there with an expectation that Will's going to apologize, but he's not opening his mouth about it. So Will just continues to move on. He doesn't really know what's going on. It seems a little bit off, but not enough for him to scratch it and say, you know, what's going on. So Will says, hey, but let's talk about the, the issue at hand and why we're here. You know, I, I, I thought and prayed about the song, I Am the Greatest. I just don't know that that's going to fit really into the message series that we're doing, doing right now. And, um, and, and, and also, uh, thank you for coming to rehearsal. I'm probably not going to be able to work you into the, uh, the, the, to the Sunday um, set. I'm not going to be able to work you into the Sunday rotation for about a month, okay? So, I, man, I so appreciate you coming. Keep coming on Wednesday nights. Cole is offended. His perception is, his perception is, Will doesn't like my song, nor does he think I'm good enough to play on the worship team. The reality is, Will loves the song. There are just too many, and there are just too many musicians on stage that Sunday. So let's bring out that that next uh, offense. Okay. So they finish up that conversation, and the waitress comes by and says, "Hey, is this together or separate?" And Will says, "Let's split the bill." And Cole's offended. Last time, he paid. And he didn't even apologize in this lunch. So the perception is, Will didn't pay for my lunch because he doesn't really want to spend time with me. The reality is, Will never agreed to always pay for lunch. Bring that other offense out. And so they continue forward into time. And Cole's carrying this offense. He's got this offense trap all around him. And so much so that he doesn't want to look at Will. He didn't want to be in the same room as Will. And so that next Sunday, he decides, I'm not going to church. Just not going to go to church. I'll catch the live stream. And so Cole turns on the live stream and he's, you know, in his underwear, he's eating his Wheaties. And he's, uh, and he's sitting there watching it. And he looks and he notices that there's a vacancy in the back to where he would be playing. And he's like looking at the screen and he's like, I could have totally been in that spot. Cole's perception is, Will lie to me. Will must hate me. The reality is, Will was wanting to use you, but you didn't show up. 
bring out the other offense. Let me ask you a question. Who is trapped here? The one carrying offense or the one giving the offense? Who's trapped? The one who's carrying the offense. Why is it that when we're in this position, we do everything to try to manipulate situations so that they feel like we're feeling in this trap? When all the time, Will has no clue what's going on and he's just living his life just as good. <laughs> this is as big as he, he's just fine. He's great. Hurt people hurt people. And when we are in this offense trap, we will manipulate, we will betray, we will lie, we will gossip, we will slander, we will completely wreak havoc because we are carrying an offense. And all of that time, while we think that this person is just so troubled by our woes, they are frolicking around just as free as a bird because we're the one carrying the offense. This is what should have happened. Pick up that offense. Friday night comes around. Will doesn't show up to the show, right? Sunday morning rolls around and Cole's carrying this offense and he walks up to Will. Cole, walk up to Will. <laughs> walks up to Will and says, man, listen, I, I, maybe there is a miscommunication or something, but but man, I really thought you were going to be at my show on Friday night and you weren't there. And Will says, dude, you're such a great musician. I didn't even know that there were tickets available for that show. Man, I would love to come to your show. Do you have tickets this Friday night? He takes the offense, throws it down, and they walk off with brotherly love that way. So. Okay. It could have been solved that quick had the offense been brought up and vocalized to the person with the perception. And so what happens is, is we get behind all of these, these fences, these fences of offense, and all of these things start to be written on our lives. And all of these things is, is how we start to act toward people and to situations. And when we're walled up like this, we don't allow room for the Lord to really be able to do a work in our lives. And this ruins relationships in our lives and it actually ruins other relationships in our lives because we start to become numb to how to love others. All of these things we start to, and most of these things when we're offense are rooted in the common denominator of being angry. We're really angry because we feel offended. The greatest defense strategy you have against offense is forgiveness. The greatest defense strategy you have against offense is forgiveness. And that forgiveness is fueled by love. And let me tell you something about love. For you to love somebody enough to forgive them does not make you a soft person. Listen, God's love is not soft. God's love is fierce and it is powerful. And sometimes forgiveness requires supernatural intervention from the Holy Spirit and he will gladly intervene. Let him. 
Let him intervene. Like I said before, these are oftentimes tied to anger. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4, in your anger, do not sin. Do you realize that what's written on here, the actions, the recourse of these, those are sin? When you gossip about someone, when you slander them out of your hurt, out of the, wellsp- out of the wellspring of hurt and pain and, and anger, that's sin. And the Bible tells us in our anger not to sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Some of us in this room have let many suns go down while you were holding offense, while you were holding on to anger. And so you've got to forgive. Vonda asked a very important question last week and that question was this, do you want to be free? Do you want to be free? And if you're trapped in walls of bitterness and pain and anger because of an offense that was perceived, you have a choice to forgive because carrying that offense is a choice and you can lay it down as quickly as you picked it up. And the Holy Spirit will give you what you need, the strength that you need to forgive. I encourage you to go to them, if you're walking in offense, I encourage you to go. You might find out that it was a situation like Cole and Will where you've been carrying an offense for all this time and it was a miscommunication, a lack of understanding, a misinterpreted or misjudged motive. And for those of us that may be in a a place where we have given offense and you know it, man, I've offended this person and I'm aware that I've done it. I wanna encourage you to go and seek forgiveness. Margaret Meek taught me many lessons while she was here. And one of the lessons she taught me is, I'm sorry is different than forgive me. Because asking someone to forgive you says, I want to reestablish this relationship. I wanna fix what is broken. Do you need to fix any of your relationships? Worship team, come on out. Do you wanna fix any of your relationships? Is there any offense you're holding on to where the relationship now is just so scarred and so marred and so just so bad? You know, God has created us for relationship. And so to go and say, forgive me, says, I want to fix this. What can I do? Do you want to be free this morning? Do you want to be free? Do you really want to have a capacity to receive everything God has for you? It's hard to do when you're holding on to unforgiveness, you're holding on to pain, you're holding on to offense. I think God knows a little bit something about offense, don't you? And his response, his response, bathed with love, was to forgive. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Today's the day that you can be set free, people. Pop quiz. What you gonna do about it? It's in your hands. It's your choice. Stand with me this morning. Those who are gonna minister the elements will come forward. As we worship this morning, Ask the Lord to search your heart. God, is there anybody in my life that I'm holding an offense to? And if he brings somebody 
to your mind. Don't go too far today without addressing it. Because what the enemy will do is start to stir up that pot of the reason why you were offended in the first place. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a work. Allow him to set you free in your relationships today. Let's go.